we can go home now. Praise God. Man, we just worshiping. Amen. Come on, man. Is that what you came here for? Is that why you're here? Just to lift up the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, man. I got to ask you, man. I got to ask you, Jessica began that song. She said, man, the, the scriptures say that the Lord said, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive this? Can you perceive it? Can you get this? Do you understand? Are you paying attention? All right. Are you thinking about this? Praise the Lord. Amen. And I got to challenge you to that today. I got to challenge you, man. I got a question for you. I got a question, man. And it's a real important question. And I think you need to ask yourself this question many times a day. You need to consider this question so many times a day. And I don't know that we don't, that we, we don't think about it enough. We challenge other people with this question, but I'm not sure we challenge ourselves. It's a very simple question, and it's simply this. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, man? Think about that, man. How many times do you look at somebody and go, man, what are you thinking, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, think about that, though. But how, how, how often do we neglect challenging ourselves in what we're thinking? All right, this year has been a very complicated year. This year, past year and a half, has been extremely complicated, all right, when it comes to thinking. Our thinking has been challenged more and more and more over these past couple of years. We've been advocating our thinking to the professionals and stuff like that. I get it. But I got to question you right now. What are you thinking? What are you thinking right now? Right now, what are you thinking? All right? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking, well, like, 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 like is black really that slimming? Yes, it is. Are you thinking about that? That's why I wear black. All right, man, maybe some of you are looking up and saying, well, I wonder what SFL stands for. Another story, another time. But is that what you're thinking? Are you, are you, well, what are you thinking? Are you thinking about the song we just sang? <clears throat> and how, how powerful, and are you thinking about the person next to you? Are you thinking about somebody you saw? What are you thinking? And I gotta ask you that because I wanna know how much of your thinking is controlled by the moment? How much of your thinking is controlled by circumstances? How many of you came in here with questions? Think about this, all right? Is your, is your thinking controlled by circumstances or, or do you purpose, are you ready to think? How many of you came in here with questions? Think about that. You came in and you, you rolled in. Man, I got some questions. I'm going to see if God's going to answer these questions. I'm not God, but you know what I'm talking about. Are you going to see if God's going to answer some questions for you today? How many of you came in here to be questioned, to challenge your thinking with more questions for your life? Think about that. Are you ready to think through these things? Are you ready to act on these things? Are you ready to serve others with these things? Like I shared, man, Gabe Lyons is one guy that actually gave me that thought. Last year, thinking for ourselves had become more and more complicated. It seems that, that critical thinking in some ways, all right, has been pushed to the sidelines. Because again, we've been allowing more and more people, you know, we've been going through stuff. I mean, just, just to be fair, we've been going through some stuff that we've never gone through. All right, we, we know all that. We've talked about it at length. All right, but I think something got lost. As we let others do our thinking for us, I think what got lost is a question that we, we, we maybe not have been pursuing enough lately. And it's a simple question is, what does it mean to think well? What does it mean to think well? 
about what's going on. You see, this is important, man, because we have come to a point in history where, where maybe 65, I think it's 64%, maybe just a little more than half of Americans actually believe that there's a God, a living God. We've come to this point in history, yeah, but, but, but let me challenge you here. Maybe 64%, maybe a little more than half of Americans believe that there's a God, but, 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 but how many of them actually believe he's the ultimate authority? Because not many, even of those 64%, believe he is the ultimate authority. And you see, this is huge because, you know, more and more we are becoming comfortable with public polling and, and, and public opinion, all right, to share and to lead us into what we believe is true. And this is a problem, I'm telling you this is a problem, especially when maybe a half of those people actually believe that there's a real God and less than half of those people actually believe he's the ultimate authority. And, and so we're just following the, the herd. Wait, 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 wait. What are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? What are you thinking, man? We, we, this is also a problem because when you begin, this is a really cool guitar pick. I'm sorry, I just keep looking at it. It's all different colors. Sorry, man, it just had me tripping. I don't know whose it is, but it's cool. So, you know how I am, man. Things freak me out up here. Oh, what's this? What's this? <laughs> but this is also, see, I just took your thinking someplace different. You're like, where are you going, bro? All right, what are you thinking, right? Good question. What are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? All right, squirrel. Um, <laughs> right, we, we advocate our thinking, man, and you know what? And it's crazy because we're, we're allowing other people to do thinking for us who don't have the same convictions and core values that we have. Not to mention the fact that when we do allow other people to think for us, how long does it take for each of us to individually begin to realize we've just given something up very valuable? Our thinking. Our thinking. Gordon McDonald puts it this way. He says, the person who does not know how to think will be relentlessly shaped and influenced by the dominant culture around him or her. Why don't you give that a think for a minute? This is happening all around us. The person who does not know how to think will be relentlessly shaped and influenced by the dominant culture around him or her. More than ever, man, more than ever, if any, I think, because there's so many people on the planet now, more than ever, our world, your world, the world that you have direct influence in, needs you to think, to think critically, to think creatively, and to think compassionately. To think critically, creatively, and compassionately. And I believe that there is no one better built on the planet, all right, to provide critical thought and, and creative thinking and compassionate thinking than the man or woman who truly believes that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. 
who truly trusts the gospel of Jesus Christ, who recognize that there is a great, not just a creator who created all things, but created us in the midst of all things, and we are the crown of his creation, and that we pushed ourselves away from that creator, and, we, and that he paved the way back, all right, by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, all right, who was born, who did many miracles, who lived and who died on the cross, who was buried, and then three days later rose again and is alive and is the big old G that loves me and loves you, and he's the Lord of all, amen? Do you believe that? Are you thinking about that? Because those people, those men and women, which I believe is, is many, if not hopefully all of you here, are the ones that the world needs to think critically, to think creatively, and to think compassionately. We're in the middle of a series, right, called Centered. And we've been challenging uh, each of ourselves. We've been challenging ourselves. We've been challenging y'all, challenging myself, all right, to a Jesus life that is lived from the inside out. Too often, we roll around and we're controlled, again, by circumstances, all right, and we're led to act because of the circumstances rather than because of who is in me, we're letting what is out of me control how I direct me. And we've been challenging this idea, Christ in me for the life of me will change life around me, amen? Will change life around me. We've had a bunch of fun little things we've been saying through this series, a quick review here, that Jesus lived from the inside makes a difference for everyone on the outside, all right, a life from Jesus will change the world uh, for Jesus. All right, and we shared how that involves that, that, the, 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 the necessity, all right, that what, what, that, what, that, what that life necessitates, what it, what, it, what it demands is that private preparation with Christ, allowing him to order the inner life that, you know, that, that leads the public life. And we share that a heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring Jesus glory in public. But we realize that we need to take time with the creator of time, all right, who can help us make better use of our time. Pastor Chad shared last week a little bit more on the use of time. He, said that the, he basically said this, the best use of your time is to give God your time for his use. And that all of this requires us to think to pursue critical thought, to pursue creative thought, and to pursue compassionate thought. And so today we're in the middle of the series, we have a two-part sermon called Think. And we're not, we're, not, we're not here to tell you what to think, right? But we don't want to give you some, call, some tools of how to think. And ultimately, we're just asking you to think, to think, amen? Let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you all the glory, Lord God. And Lord, there is nothing happening here right now, Lord God, without you. Help us, Lord God, to just remain connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we listen for your word, Remove me out of the way, Lord God. I don't want people to, to just, you know, be all about, you know, uh, clever words and sermons, Lord God, that they would just know the gospel, that they would know that Jesus Christ, your son, came to save us, Lord God, that he gave his life for us, Lord God, and that he has risen again. He is king and Lord of all. 
And we pray, Lord God, from that center, Lord God, we can pursue this life as you told us to go out and preach the words of this life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2 says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and it is the glory of kings to search it out. That's just a very, very, as a matter of fact, very, very practical thing is, you know, God has created and his creation is just outstanding. And it's, we've been pursuing to understand this, the whole, the whole history of humankind. We've been pursuing to understand this and we've been giving it great critical thought and it's awesome. I'm glad. And some of us even go further and give it great creative thought and that's pretty crazy too. But critical thought without, and creative thought without compassionate thought is just opportunity for self-promotion. But we're to bring this compassionate thought. As God has concealed things, to pursue them and to give it critical thought and give it creative thought and compassionate thought and then, and, then, and then put it to use in serving others and bringing glory to our king. It is the glory of God to conceal them out of the glory of kings uh, to, uh, to search it out and to give glory to the ultimate king, King Jesus. Amen. Let me ask you this. Do you ever, you ever find yourself living, all right, without thinking? That's a yes probably for everybody here. Every once in a while, you're, you're, you're living without thinking. You're not thinking very well. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a lot of things that we do on autopilot that we don't think of, right? You'd be brushing your teeth. How many people think about that? You know what I mean? You, when your tooth falls out, you start thinking about it like crazy. But whoa, but dang. And you're brushing every 10 seconds, all right? So, but, but, but how many of us do these things on autopilot? You ever, you ever get from one place to another and not really think about how you got there? Anybody here ever look in the review mirror? And just wonder if you might have ran somebody over back there because you haven't been looking at the road. You're like, man, did you cause any accident? Did I run any? Were there any lights back there? You know, how did I get way over here? You ever think about that? No, because you weren't thinking. All right, and I wasn't. I do this. I do this so I'm just glad that it's. Wait, was there anybody that actually does that? Because <laughs> it's just me? You guys are rough. He's like, we ain't admitted nothing. In first service, they're like, yeah, me too. I felt so comfortable. Now I feel like, dang, I shouldn't have said that. You're like, why are you preaching? Anyways, <laughs> check this out. Debbie and I, were, we, we, took, we took last weekend, and uh, we just want to spend the weekend looking at each other. All right? And so we just left uh, to, I think it's like, I don't know, about 350 degrees down in the valley last weekend. And so we went down there, <laughs> And we just kind of went and we wanted to get a place that had a swimming pool. We didn't have any plans to go anywhere and do this or do that. We just seriously just want to look at each other. I'm not kidding. We just want to hang out with each other and just kind of be in each other's company and just kind of talk and hang out. And it was, it was amazing because the time we spent together, we were only there for like two and a half days, three days, you know, two nights, three days, whatever. And it seemed like we were there forever. It was so awesome because we didn't try to go all kinds of places. We tried to go shopping and do all this kind of stuff. We just kind of went to a place, had a cool pool, and we just hung out, and we just kind of enjoyed it. Went out there, his company, talked, and have a, had a blast. But every, every, you know, every, every each day, we wanted to go someplace cool to eat, right? And so you start looking up, you you pull up your app, right? You pull up your app, right? You're looking at different places to eat. We're like, how about this place? How about this place, right? Then you find a place, and we were in an area of Phoenix that we're not all that familiar with. It's not a place I regularly go, and so I have another app on my phone. It's called Waze. Anybody got Waze app? 
Waze. There's different directional apps. I like Waze because it tells you where the cops are. And so um, I was the guy. <laughs> anyway, so um, you guys think I'm kidding. Anyways, <clears throat> so it's cool because you find the place where you're going. You punch it in, all right, and it shows you how to get there, how long it's going to take. Now, you can do one of two things when it comes to a, a directional app, all right? You can just let it just do your thinking for you, and you're just kind of boom, okay, go turn, turn, turn. The only thing the app doesn't do is it doesn't tell you while you're looking at it that there's a car stopped right in front of you, all right? That happened in Flagstaff one time. I was like, okay, boom, where were you on that one, all right? Because like, I, so, so I decided that from now on, what I want to do is I want to think more in my directions and where I'm going. So what I do is I pull up, I pull up the app, I pull up the direction. Directions, and then I zoom out, all right? And I just want to see, is there different routes, all right? And so I study it. I just actually give it a little bit of critical thought. And I want to see if there's a different route to go, and where will we go by if we went this way? And I kind of pull up our route, and I just kind of, just kind of try to, you know, if it's not too crazy, I try to memorize the directions that we're going. I'll still have it there, all right? But um, now this allows me to do a second thing. It allows me to go, well, as we're driving around, man, it allows me to kind of share and have conversation about, you know, different places that we're going to be passing. All right, we're going to come up on this other place. Oh, there's a real cool shop over here, at least what it says, all right? And, you know, we can look in the window and kind of check out some stuff. And so Debbie and I, we like doing that kind of stuff, right? Just looking at weird stuff. And, uh, and that also gave us opportunity for another thing. When I studied the route, when I gave it some critical thought, and it allowed me to give it some creative thought, about where we want to go. And then it also allowed me to just focus on my person. Instead of looking at my phone the whole time. Wait, hold on. I got to see Wait, hold on. Now, I, what's happening? All right. And now while I'm looking at her, I'm getting in wrecks. Boom. You know, so way better distraction. But anyways, it's crazy, man, how, how we can allow an app or these things that we have, all right, to constantly take you to different places, right? We allow these apps to constantly take you to different places without even actually knowing where you're going or how you even got there. I got to speak at youth camp this last Friday night. It was pretty amazing. And I got to ask them some really crazy questions and invite them into thinking and stuff like that. That was pretty awesome. Always a blessing. But I want to ask you a question that I asked them. I just want to challenge your thinking. I want to challenge your critical thinking. All right, so think about this. How many of you are actually Christians? Because, <laughs> so it's like, right here. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, the rest of the question is, um, <laughs> how, many, how many of you are Christians actually because your parents were Christians? Now, you don't have to raise your hand. I, want you to, I just want you to think about this stuff. How many of you are, are Christians, you know what I mean? Because maybe your parents kind of led the culture of your family in that direction? How many of you are Christians maybe because, you know, your family was Christians or, or, or you had some friends that kind of, you know, the friendship kind of circle went that direction? Or, or, or maybe um, you had a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse that led in that direction. When you think about that, I want to, I want to ask you, now, how many of you are actually just following the app? to get to this destination. Did you, did you pay attention, all right, to, to how you actually got here? Did you question the route along the way or did you just receive it because somebody else did some really cool heavy lifting for you? Did some of the thinking for you? 
Can, can you share with, 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 with someone the intricacies of, of the journey and some of the spiritual markers along the way and what you're looking for now? Are you actively looking, all right, for anyone else who needs to know about this story of yours? If you're actively thinking about this stuff, how many of us have just moved on? Got that part done, moved on, and we never bring that back into critical thought and creative thought and compassionate thought. How many of us question this still and, and look into this more and, and communicate this often? So in, in, this, in this sermon, well, these two-part sermons, I want to challenge you to six areas of productive thinking. And we're just going to take a look at three of them today. And the three that we're going to take a look at is, is critical thinking. Number one, what is true and how can I know it's true? Number two is creative thinking. And, and how can I express the truth to, to anyone asking? All right, and number three, compassionate thinking is, how can I know how to help? All right, and, 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 and so... Real quickly, and some of you guys are going to nail this because um, you're, you're Bible people and we've been challenging you to be Bible people, but just for fun, I want to put up a list up here, all right, of, uh, and I want to challenge our critical thinking, all right? And here's a list of, 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 of thoughts that people, you know, will say, and I want to challenge you, which of these um, are actually biblical statements? So take a look at them real quickly. All right, and which of these are actually, I don't want you to raise your hand, I want you to shout them out and stuff like that. So we're gonna go through them real quickly. Uh, but which of these are, are actually biblical statements? Because you've heard these, these statements. These are very, very popular statements. And much, and much, and I've even heard people, you know, preach in some of these statements and stuff like that, and we'll, and we'll see. But I wanna challenge you, you know, is, is, is it true that God helps, him, helps those who help himself? Is that actually a biblical statement? Because, okay, and think about it. <laughs> Because where I see God constantly, God helps the poor, helps the needy, helps those who cannot help themselves. I don't think that that's an actual statement. It's just, it's just a staple scripturally, all right? What about God will never give you more than you can handle? Apparently, somebody who was not a Christian said that, all right? All right? Because we who are given our life to Christ, things got crazy, all right? Things got hard. Things got rough. Why? Because in your weakness, he is made strong, Amen. And by his grace is sufficient for you. How about this? Money is the root of all evil. Now there's one, right? right we've heard that. Money is the root of all evil. Somebody said close, all right? Money is the root of all evil. No, man. Money is not a root of all evil. People, all right? Who, he says, it says, it says, lovers, the love of money is the root of many kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of any kind, many kinds of evil. All right, that's not true. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Apparently, whoever wrote this hasn't seen the inside of your car. All right, um, to, to, to thine own self be true, all right? And so that's just Shakespeare. We threw that in for the fun of it, all right? Obviously, there's, there's a lot of these things that you see going out there, a lot of statements, a lot of memes, a lot of stuff on Instagram and uh, Facebook, all these things going out there. People are just kind of uh, holding and, and they're trying to do thinking for other people when they haven't really thought about these things themselves. Critical thinking. It's necessary, for them, especially for the man and woman of God. Critical thinking, what is true 
And how can I know it's true? There's three stories I want to share uh, that, that are through the scriptures of uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17 and 18. And we're just going to kind of catch up with, with, uh, with the apostle Paul as he was kind of going through the Mediterranean cities and he's just starting these churches. He's just planting churches, all right? And he's just in, installing leadership in these churches. He's getting kicked out of towns. Everything was getting crazy. He was going to some crazy towns that were just like all filled with Roman soldiers and stuff like that. And other towns, there were just all kinds of just weird different idol worships, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But yet he, he went there to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to plant churches and develop leadership, all right, and begin to change the world, all right, under the leadership and power of God's Holy Spirit. And so... Um, real quickly, uh, I don't know if we prayed or not yet, but let me pray again. Father, we just give you the praise again. This is your word. And so uh, we just want to give you thanks. Guide us, Lord God, to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. And critical, just think, I want you to think critically, creatively, and compassionately. Here's what's taking place. So Paul, all right, ends up in this place called Berea. He just left, and I hate saying this name of this town. Who knows the town? Say it for me. <laughs> You see, that's why I hate saying it. Thessalonica, right? Is that it? I did a whole, we did a whole series one time on that, and every weekend you guys laughed at me. Um, he just came from Thessalonica, all right, and they kicked him out of town. They were trying to, well, they were trying to kill him. They wanted to kill him, and so some of the guys got him out of town, and he went from that town to this other place called Berea. In Acts chapter 17, verse 10, it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away, from the, away, from, away by night to Berea, and when they arrived there, they went into the Jewish synagogue where he could start talking and challenging people to critical thought, all right, to start thinking about these things, to start considering the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and challenging, all right, them through the scriptures. This is what he would do. And it said that the Jews in that town, all right, weren't as crazy as the people in the towns before. And they didn't try to just snatch them up and smack them around and stuff like that. It says they were more noble than those in the Thessalonica. Uh, I'm getting way better at that word. They received, and let's check this out, they received the word with all eagerness. You see, they, were, they, were, they were ready to think. They were thinking before he got there. They were thinking about other things. They may have not been thinking what he was thinking about or what he was giving them to think about, but they were already thinking because they received the word. They took the word. They, 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 didn't, they didn't just, they weren't like a, what I would call an unhonest skeptic. There's an honest skeptic and an unhonest skeptic, right? They may have been skeptical, but they still received the word. And you'll see why I say they were skeptical. They received it with eagerness, like many of us here received it with all eagerness because they, they, they had questions of their own and they were ready to be questioned themselves. Say so they received the word with all eagerness and then examining the scriptures to see if these things were so. They examined the scriptures to see if this thing was true. And that is important for us all right, just because somebody's up there and he's got a, he's got a platform, just because I got a platform, man, you need to examine the scriptures to see if I even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Checking every week, bro. <laughs> just making sure you're on your toes. It's important. Uh, okay, I'll give you an example. Just a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. But I didn't get past two people. Uh, but it wasn't. But anyways, they said, um, do you know that you said that we were all gods? And I said, yeah, I did say that. I said, you're all gods. 
And I said, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't mean that you're all gods, all right? I meant that you all belong to God. You're his. You're his property. You're God's property, all right? I said, you're all his. And so I was, so I was like, whoa, I wonder how many other people thought I said, I mean, maybe that's why hardly anybody showed up next weekend. I don't know. Um, you know, so <laughs> give me another week to repent and then come back and preach. All right, right on. And, uh, well, but, but, but it's important to pay attention. So listen, that's what these guys did. They were critical thinkers. They received the word because they, 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 they belonged to God. I almost said they're all gods. <laughs> they belonged to God. <laughs> all right, they received the word with all eagerness, but because they were his, they examined the scriptures to see if these things were, through, were, were true. Uh, or so. And so it said many of those therefore, therefore believed. And uh, many of those believed with not a few Greek women or high standing as well as men. It says, therefore, they believed because they pursued this, this the, 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 the Spirit of God through the Word of God and allowed God in their thinking and their pursuing critical thought to lead them. Here's what I know, man. App or no app, you're eventually going to have to walk these streets yourself. And because of that, somebody's really trying to blow me up. I should answer them and say, look, dude, I'm totally preaching right now. Remember we did that one time? We did that a while back. Totally preaching, dude. What's the matter with you? Um, Eventually, we're going to have to walk, just walk ourselves, this path ourselves. And you're going to need to know the path. You're not going to just need, just knowing you're on the path is not good enough. How'd you get on that road? How'd you get to that destination? Do you know the path? Do you understand the path? Are you ready to share the path? You need to know how to answer this question. Here's a very, very important question. You need to know how to answer this question. How do you really know that you know Jesus? How do you know? How do you know that you really know Jesus? How do you really know that? Or did you just follow the app? I don't know how I know. I'm just here. I just know. (laughs) Come on, man. You need to think. Creative thinking. How can I express the truth to anyone who's asking? Now, here's what's crazy. After Paul witnessed what took place there in Berea, immediately after that, he went into Greece. He went into Athens, Greece, all right? And uh, the scriptures say that when he showed up to Greece, uh, one of my favorite areas of scripture, it says that when he showed up there, he uh, just saw seeing all these, 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 like, these monuments of worship. These guys had a, had a monument for everything. There was, there was a worship, the God of this, the God of that, and the God of this and that. It was all kinds of crazy, just kind of gods uh, you know, and worshiping you know, totems and whatever. You know what I mean? Um, uh, of, 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 of altars is what they were. And then he said there was this one that they just said, just in case we missed anything, we got this other one over here says to the unknown God. So we have God of this, God of that, and God of this and that. And then over here, just in case we miss anything, we got this one right here, man, that is to the unknown God. Just in case, a, so, so we're covered, all right? And, and he, he said that it stirred his heart and he started teaching and preaching the scriptures you know, in the synagogues, on the streets. And then, you know, it was crazy because he was in a, in a town that they actually had a center, all right, for, for critical thought. The scripture said that the, that the men uh, would hang out in this place called the Aeropagus and they would just talk about new things and stuff. They would just kind of challenge these ideas and these thoughts. 
And these men, you know, they grabbed the hold of, of, uh, of Paul and said, why don't you come in here and tell us about this, this new thought you're teaching? And so in Acts chapter 17, verse 22, all right, Paul has to start beginning to think creatively. It says that Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, men of Athens, I perceive, all right, I recognize, I understand, I've been thinking, all right, as I rolled into this community, I was automatically thinking. I had questions of my own, I was ready for, to be questioned, and I also had thought, all right, that I'm continually working out. He says, as, as I, um, he says, I perceive that in every way you're very religious. He didn't put them down for all this stuff that they have. He didn't come in there and start slapping them around and saying, you guys are fools. No, he said, check this out, man. I mean, you guys got this religious going on here. I, I perceive that you're thinking a little bit higher than you would maybe think of yourself here. You have this religious thought going on. He says, for I, I passed along and observed the objects of your worship. Can't miss them. I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. To the unknown God. He says, what therefore you worship is unknown. This I want to proclaim to you. He's saying what you admittedly, <laughs> what you admittedly don't know, let me tell you about. What you're admittedly and purposely leaving open for interpretation can I talk to you about that? How could they turn that down? The invitation was right there. Paul's thinking creatively. You understand? And he's challenging their critical thought. And the conversation from that point there, he starts to talk about the God of the heavens and the earth, the God who created all things and even men. And he leads the conversation to Jesus and the resurrection of our King. Are you actively looking? Are you, are you looking for people who have an active spiritual awareness in their life? Are you, are you looking in the lives? And when, when you see it, how are you going to creatively leverage that conversation to Jesus? I was uh, living down in Tucson back it was about 25 years or 26 years ago, uh, sold out for Christ and... Um, and uh, I had a neighbor, his name was Fred. And um, we talk, we talk every once in a while. He's an old biker dude, and we talk about motorcycles and back in the day stuff, and it was cool, you know. And I, I just wanted to be his friend. I wasn't trying to smack him with an agenda, you know, if you're either gonna know Jesus or I can't be your friend, um, which is just weird. Um, and so uh, I, we just hung out, we just talked. And one day then the conversation got around to spiritual things. This is funny. Um, it, it got around to spiritual stuff. And he's talking about some of this stuff. And he knows I'm sold out. He knows I love Jesus. And as we're getting in this spiritual conversation, I just ask, I see, I say, hey, Fred. Hey, man, um, if what, if, you know, you're talking about this spiritual stuff, man. If you're missing the point anywhere, if what you believe ain't even true, would you ever want to know it, man? Would you want to know? Would you, want, would you care to know if these things 
that you're talking and thinking about just might not be true. And he looked at me, man. He said, um, no. He said, nope, I wouldn't. I said, all right. So I started talking about motorcycles again. I started talking about this old, you know, pan head my dad built. And then, and that, uh, the motorcycle I was thinking about building some different stuff. And, and he just kept looking at me and he's glaring at me now. And I just kept talking. And finally he says, hey man, aren't you going to tell me anyways? <laughs> I said, No. I'm not going to tell you. You get one chance. You're going to hell. All right? Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? And so, no, I didn't tell him that he had one chance. I didn't tell him he was going to hell. No, I didn't tell him that either. Uh, but, I mean, we just started having this conversation and just opened the door for creative thought. And I asked Fred to start thinking a little more critically and to search and see if these things might be true. You know, we, we, we definitely need to be able to answer the question, how do you really know that you know Jesus? But I think creatively we also need to be able to answer, what does it mean to know Jesus? What does it mean to know Jesus? Compassionate thinking. We need to be compassionate thinkers. Because once again, we could be critical thinkers all day long. We could be creative thinkers all day long, but critical and creative thought that is, that is absent of compassionate thought, once again, is this self-promotion? And that's not what we're here for. We're here to lift up Jesus. We need this compassionate thinking, the kind of thinking that keeps learning about Jesus' love for people. See, when Paul left Athens, when Paul left Athens, um, immediately he went to Corinth. It's a crazy, you know, party town, you know, uh, coastal town, um, uh, an import, you know, an import export town. And there's all kinds of stuff's going on in this town. It's just wild, wild town there. And uh, he goes and hooks up with a couple, uh, a dude named uh, Aquila and his wife Priscilla were tent makers. And Paul, you know, in his background, he was a tent maker as well. He's had, it was one of his trades. So he hooked up with these folks, man. He started hanging out, started working with them. Some people believe that they were already Christians. I tend to think that Paul led them to a deeper faith in Christ. And Paul would go into the synagogues there in Corinth, all right? And he would go in there and he'd, and he'd teach the scriptures, this gathering place where Jews would gather and teach the Old Testament and some of the uh, oral laws that were given, you know, through different rabbis and teachers down through the years. Paul would go in there and just share Jesus. He used to be this Pharisee. He used to be able to hold up with the best of them and talking about these, uh, you know, Old Testament and uh, oral traditions and laws and stuff like that. But now he was teaching something different. And they didn't like it. These Jews didn't like it. And they opposed him. And Paul got mad. And he felt, you know, and I, I, I sense just a tone of like maybe a little bit of pride. And he, 
He said, you know what? Your blood, he told these guys, he told his whole synagogue appeal, you know what? Your blood is on your heads now, man. You know what? I'm done with you. He actually took his robe, shook it out, said, I don't even want your dust on me, and split and said, later, I'm gonna go to the Gentiles because if you don't wanna hear this, I know they do. And you know what? You're done. Not very compassionate. Very critical, maybe. Maybe creative, heading out. But I got to believe that Paul thought about this compassionately not long after that. Matter of fact, I know he did. The scriptures doesn't tell us what happened and how he thought, but you can see the evidence of his compassionate thought. Just a few verses down in Corinthians chapter 18. I mean, Corinthians chapter, Acts chapter 18. See, some of you are like ready to give me an email. There is no Corinthians 18. It's in the book of Second Opinions. Don't worry about it. All right, so, um, so, and so, he, he, you, what, what you see is, now I'll just share the evidence. In, in Acts chapter 18, verse 8, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, the one who ran the synagogue, the one who made sure that who's going to teach, what they're going to teach, kind of the order. He kind of made, made sure there was order in the synagogue. Check out what happens. Crispus, this is after Paul said, later, all right, we're done with you, shook off his robe. This is after that. This All of a sudden, you find out that Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, the one who ran the place, all right, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. This proves to me that Paul was also a compassionate thinker as he pursued Christmas. I mean, who else was there to tell him about the resurrection? Nobody like Paul and many other Corinthians. Hearing Paul believed and were baptized. We need to be critical thinkers. We need to be creative thinkers. But it's essential that we also are compassionate thinkers. Amen? We're going to stop right there. Uh, I want to share a couple of things I want you to do uh, this week. Um, but I want to challenge you to this thinking and to this, this idea. Mm. Stick around. We got baptism. That's right. I was like, where are you going? All right, never mind. It's going to get better, I promise. Okay, they're going to go around, they're going to get baptized, so it's cool. Good excuse. Here's what I know about thinking. Here's what I know personally about learning and leading. Is that, you know, for, for, for me to learn, it requires thought, it requires creative thought, uh, critical thought, creative thought, and compassionate thought. But, but I know this, man, and you may have heard this before, is the day you stop learning is the day you stop leading, correct? You've probably all heard that. But I like to challenge that a little bit further. Because you maybe you say, well, I'm not a leader. Well, I want to challenge you that because the day you stop leading is the day you stop caring. So I'll ask you, do you care? Do you care enough to lead? Do you care enough to learn? Do you care enough to think? Your children need you to think, and we can all agree on that, right? Your families, they need you to think. Again, critically, creatively, and compassionately. The people around you, right? The people, your coworkers, people need us thinking. And there's no one better to, built to think in, in this way than those men and women who, who love Jesus.
Here's what I know, man. Again, the day we stop thinking, the day we stop learning, is the day we stop leading, the day we stop leading is the day we stop caring. And you know what? The day we stop caring is the day the world suffers even more. The world around you will suffer if you refuse to care. We see that all the time. My question is, do you see it in yourself? Are you thinking? thinking, man. So three questions I want to challenge you. Number one thing I want to challenge you, be here next week or be tuned in online next week. Engage in this. This is not done. There is more to come. Remember, there are six uh, things I want to share with you. This was just three. So I want to challenge you to be here next week and we'll talk more about that. But But I want to challenge you to three questions and I've already shared them with you, two of them anyways. This week, how pursue critical, creative, and compassionate thinking. Critical, how do you know that you know Jesus? How do you know? Challenge that question on a personal level. Number two, what does it mean to know Jesus? Challenge that question on a personal level. And finally, number three, who do you know that needs to know that you know Jesus? Who do you know that needs to know that you know Jesus? We got the easy part done, guys, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on. 